Hello, and welcome to Double Exposure, a conversation podcast about comparing and contrasting cinema old and new, viewing two films through the same lens. I'm your host, Bear Boswell, and this week, myself and a guest will be discussing mid-90s and Stand By Me, two summary coming-of-age films, both with an equally strong ensemble cast. Growing up was indeed a strange and confusing time for all of us, with the constant changing of our bodies, discovering hormones and emotions, and also finding a dead body in the middle of the woods in Oregon. Uh, Well, that last part might have been unlikely for most of us, but not for the young gentleman in the 1980s classic Stand By Me. Directed by Rob Reiner, Stand By Me follows a group of four best friends in 1950s Oregon as they partake on a journey to find a missing boy's body. Jumping right into the next decade with our Discmans at hand and our Nas posters pinned up, we've got mid-90s, the 2018 indie directorial debut by Jonah Hill. Set in L.A. County, mid-90s follows the life of Stevie in the year 1995 as he makes new friends, learns how to skate, and makes a name for himself amidst a hard family background. It's no question that this genre has time and time again been rehashed and served microwave twice over. But these films stand strong within the realm of teen ensemble films, offering a sentimental take on young teen realism through a cinematic lens. My guest today is Audra Stevenson, a wonderful soul who definitely doesn't need to go to therapy after watching these films. (laughs) Now, if you haven't seen these films, why not pause this podcast and check them out? Join the Double Exposure Film Club and be a part of the conversation. Why wouldn't you? It's free. Well, except if you have to rent the film. That's on your wallet. Anyway... Miss Audra. Hello. Mrs. Sorry. <laughs> Married. My bad. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I totally messed up that beginning by just saying Mrs., so I apologize. It's okay. It's not like a PhD. No, um, yeah. It's actually Dr. Yeah, Stevens. It's Dr. Mrs. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doctor. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, talking about... All things teen, summer, adolescence, the confusing emotions. Oh gosh, thank you for having me. This is great. This was a journey to get to get to where we are now. Uh, just finding the right movies and uh, streaming issues, and it, oh, was, it was one. Yeah. We had a lot of issues. There was a few. There was a few roadblocks, but gosh, I'm glad we're here. It was really funny how it came to be because I we kind of just picked Stand by Me at the end and. All of a sudden, as I was watching Stand By Me, it just came to me, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. These two movies go perfectly together, honestly, with the comparison yes. of the 50s and then 40 decades later, like two totally separate decades, like two insanely different ways of growing up compared next yeah. to each other. Like filming a, f- filming a movie that was set in the 50s, in the 80s, and then doing a film mid nineties, um, but actually made in the two thousand. In the two thousand, yeah, yeah, which 2010s? is funny. Twenty tens. I think yes. yeah, twenty eighteen is when it came out. It's funny because I think a lot of the clothing that we saw in mid nineties is like in like the skate culture that we see oh there. Oh my gosh, it's what people wear now. Okay, but the Este, Este I think her the girl, the girl, the one girl in oh, mid nineties. Yeah, the love interest. Yes, the one girl in mid nineties. Um, other than top. the mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that crop top, oh. those high waisted jeans. I have a bob now. Like, like my hair is short. Have you dressed I, like that before? I mean, I'm wearing essentially those jeans, but a slightly lighter wash. Is that like boyfriend jean style? I think so. 
I don't know, mom jeans. Mom jeans, yeah. Levi 501, I think is what they are. (laughs) Boyfriend jean comes to mind because it's like technically baggy. Mm -hmm. Like the boyfriend wears it, obviously. Um, But you like stole it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense if you're single though because then you really can't say it. You stole someone else's boyfriend's jeans. (laughs) My best friend's boyfriend's jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great, yeah. I, um... Yeah, what did you, what, was this your first time seeing either film or what What do you know about these films? This was my first time seeing mid-90s. Okay. And I'm very happy I watched it. Um, it was an emotional roller coaster. Yep. Typically not my bag to have emotional roller coasters. I get too passionate. Um, <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Um, Stand By Me, however, required viewing of my youth. Yes, like, same. My parents sat us down. <laughs> It was like, we got Stand By Me. Yeah. What's Stand By Me? It's a good movie. Yeah. You have to watch it now. <laughs> Is it, how old were you? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like 10. Okay. I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade when I first watched Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, same thing. My dad was like, this is classic. You have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Watch it. And then for, for years, I, I felt like such a cinephile, like, Stand By Me is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's your second favorite movie? Cars. Yeah. <laughs> for years. Because <laughs> I was pretty young when I saw it, and I feel like I wasn't watching really mature movies. Um, so that's funny that you also mm-hmm. were in a position where it was like a, like, it was required. Required. And it was, I think it is just such a quintessential coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Um group of friends going on an adventure. Um, there's a pretty straightforward, someone died, the body's missing. They know where it is. So we're going to do a on the road mm-hmm. type of film. Right. With yes. Kids. On the road. Yeah. The Jack Kerouac. That's funny. I actually, I, I've been in the process of reading on the road. Um, and it, I can't say I really like it, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like stand by me. <laughs> um, it, yeah. Kind of like, put right into the situation that they're in like well we're just gonna go do this adventure we heard mm-hmm. about a body and then we're just gonna do it compared to mid 90s which is not really any sort of adventure it's more just like you're watching a kid's passion unfold yeah. and you're like watching him just want to discover something and want so badly to be good at it and be as good as the people that he sees and with these kids they already have the chemistry and with mid 90s they're developing chemistry Mm-hmm. Or at least some characters are with each other. Yeah. And something that's really stood out to me in both of these films, but especially in mid 90s, is just the tenacity of youth. Oh, yes. Like, he was on that skateboard falling off over and over and over again. If if I fail at something twice at this age, I'm out. <laughs> and skating is brutal. Yeah. Like it is, it is really, oh. it, it is super tough when you take a fall in skating. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. like there, there, there are literal Harsh. life ending in- injuries that happen within skating. And that's why Oof. like the helmet is like a big, big controversial thing these days uh, with like brain damage and stuff. It's like, just wear the helmet, just wear the helmet. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think helmets are a huge thing. Yeah, skate culture within mid-90s is really, really cool. And I think just kind of start off with the first point briefly, because I will talk about skate culture for a oh, long time. Heck yeah. There was a, I think it was around when I first finished mid-90s. I, I don't know what happened, but I saw a YouTube clip. Um, it was by the uh, skater magazine Thrasher. 
and they have these videos where like it shows these skaters just really working hard on these tricks and like they'll take them years to do a trick and I was like whoa and then all of a sudden I watched 20 of them and I was like (laughs) whoa wait I know all these tricks now oh my gosh I know all these skaters and then many just like nights before I fall asleep of watching YouTube skate videos later (laughs) I know every single skater in this movie because this movie features <gasps> real skaters. Oh. And this movie is awesome because Jonah Hill partnered with this awesome production company called Illegal Civilization, IC, and they sponsor skaters and make skate videos and they're actually working on their first movie. And so a lot of the skaters, including um, the actor Sonny who plays Stevie, he is a professional skater. In this film at 11 years old, he was a professional oh. skater. If you see him now, he's like 15 or 16. He looks crazy. Was he 11 at the filming of this? He was 11 or 12. Okay. He was Because he was born in 2005. I, I looked that up and because there is a scene that is uncomfortable in this film. Mm-hmm. With the girl with the middle part hair <laughs> and the boyfriend jeans. Oh, um, that scene is uncomfortable. Yeah, and oh. from a storyline point, I get it. Mm-hmm. I completely get it. In in the story, it's sixteen, it's thirteen. Her group of friends has been around the block. Yeah, yeah, and they've bad, been you know. screwed over by fuck shit. Yeah, <laughs> fuck shit. Um, their heartstrings have been pulled by fuck shit, and so yep. they're gonna get one of the guys in his crew. And like ask him questions and kind of interview yeah. him a little bit. Yeah. And then they're going to they're gonna do some sex stuff and yeah. then leave him out to dry like, <laughs> like fuck shit does to them. That I get. It's teen party stuff. Yeah. The fact that if he was, oh God, we'll give him 12. Yeah, let's give him 12. I'd rather, Looks I feel nine. more comfortable with 12. <laughs> it looks like eight or nine. Yeah. So small. Um, And then this actress who I looked up, if he was like, 11 or 12, she's at the youngest 25, this actress. Mm-hmm. So in the storyline, it completely, like, I get it. Yeah. In the story. On set, that's very weird. Very strange. Kind of uncomfortable. Oh, yes. And it's hard because it's like, you think, okay, Janelle, what's up, dude? Mm-hmm. You know, I like you the whole separate the art from the artist thing, I don't know. That's probably like a way We don't need to get into that because we don't know anything about Jonah Hill as far as we know. Please, God, I hope not. Um, But, you know, you wonder, like, why was that in there? How much of it was the producers? And that kind of, like, that brings me a little to the point of, like, the control that uh, Jonah Hill had with it within, like, the skaters Mm -hmm. and stuff. Because he took all of the, there's so many, the, um, the character, the core group leader, Ray, is a professional skater. His name is Nikkel Smith. He's like, he, and he's like one of the top yeah. skaters right now. Like he is like one of the, like literally one of the best young guys right now. And he's actually becoming kind of one of the older guys because he he's in his mid twenties. Mm, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Old for some of these yeah. types of sports. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a young, it, it's It's crazy. a young man's game. Yes. It's it, a young man's game. It is a young man's game. I mean, there's like professional skaters that are like eight years old right now that are skating on Thrasher. Yeah, but so, are they getting movies where yeah, they're kissing 25-year-olds? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is that how old she was? Oh, yeah. She was- Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's why it feels uncomfortable. Oh, I missed that. If what you, the hell? 
on set, if you put a 12-year-old girl making out with a 25-year-old man, that's an that is a very uncomfortable thing to have on set. So why why aren't we protecting this young boy in the same mm-hmm. way that we would protect that young girl? It's like the movie Good Time. You ever seen that movie? I haven't. It's the but Safety if it, Brothers. But if it ties into yeah, 25 year olds making out. and a 16-year-old girl, if that is great. They're just making out, but it's strange. It's but, very strange. Gosh. The fact that he looks nine makes it even, even worse. more uncomfortable as a thought on set. Again, storyline, youths. Youths. Makes yeah. sense. But on set, that dynamic is a little weird. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think coming back to talking about like what it looks like offset, like the realism of that is like maybe a little bit of a miss in that sense. Obviously, like you have a lot of situations where and we see in like a lot of movies. Um, oh, these actors are playing teenagers, but they're all mm-hmm. they look 30, yep. you know, like a Zac Efron kind of thing uh, where he was playing a 17 year old. Or was he actually Ooh. that? I don't in know. In 17 again? I do not actually know the timeline, the 17 again universe timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem like one that would <laughs> pretty be pretty familiar with it. <laughs> I, I should be, but I think I think that one just passed me by. Mm, I think a shame. The, I think the main thing for this is that we do see in film and television they're playing a 16-year-old, but they're actually 28. Right. And that's the standard. Mm-hmm. So they did that with most of the people around the main character, but then cast an appropriate age for the main character. Yeah. Same with Stand looks, By Me. Yeah. Who yeah. looks younger. Yes. Um, so it's the juxtaposition of someone who's playing a 16-year-old who looks 25. Yeah. <laughs> and someone who's playing a 13-year-old, but looks nine. Mm. And. You can make the argument that everyone else was cast like normal Hollywood and Stevie was cast at an appropriate age to highlight how small the main character feels in this big world. I don't know. I'm I'm not getting that deep. <laughs> yeah, that's some film theory shit. Yeah. I'll watch a YouTube video about it later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, yeah, the characters and their ages, and then that mixes in with, how the whole pattern of the film then carries out from there, including Stand By Me, which mm-hmm. is more on the side of, okay, what's the, like, well, yeah, what's the reality of, you know, this kind of evil, my brother's friend, bad guy kid who also wants to find this dead body compared mm-hmm. with just kids that want to learn how to skate and just growing up and, you know, their parents are addicts. And, like, in a way, that has bit more of a touch of realism while... I think Jonah Hill found or heard or has experienced that story and wanted to share that. And Rob Reiner just nailed the adventure story. And mm-hmm. Stephen King, too, because it's a Stand By Me is a Stephen King short story, which mm-hmm. didn't know. Didn't know that. Fun facts all Fun around. Fact. He's, all, he's, uh, he's everywhere, Stephen King. Yeah. One of my favorite parallels between um, Stand By Me and mid-90s is the fact that we follow the the scrawny one. Yes. The scr- the skinny kid. The skinny yeah. kid that feels like cannot give any punches. Yeah. And they all are encouraging him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have the skinny kid and then this close, almost older brother figure in mid-90s. There isn't a definitive age gap. But in Stand By Me, it's more of like a one of them has had to live a harder life. And so they seem older just because they've been through more. Mm-hmm. They've had to grow up faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of my favorite parallels 
in these films is this scrawny kid going through it yep and having someone else who's been through um being there for them mm-hmm. and able to share their emotions and be like yeah this sucks yep. and we're gonna feel it and we're gonna come out the other side i watched this with my girlfriend and she's a big like uh, cry at kindness kind of person oh yeah. these were gonna be tough right so she was like <laughs> oh my god oh my god yeah like i i know when she's about to because she goes oh my god kind of does like the the wavering of the voice i'm like oh here we go which mm-hmm. then makes me appreciate like that kind of kindness more um because that's like not a quality i always see i know people are kind but she values it and that's like a cool perspective i had because it was like oh my gosh like how Chris was encouraging Gordy to keep writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the passing of Gordy's brother, you know, like you miss your brother, don't you, man? Like got to get through it at some point, you know, and like encouraging him to yeah. process things and the emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, cause he has, he's done all of that. He's been through hell and back is what it seems like. like yeah. It seems rough, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if your character has a gun, like right off the <laughs> bat, no issue, then he's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. If he could just take the gun and no one's going to notice. <laughs> yes. It's not a great situation. One of my favorite things to see in film, TV, is guys being friends. Oh. Because m- growing up, it was kind of like the guys would flit around, but it would be the girls who would form bonds mm-hmm. and who would share their emotions and who were free to do that. But something that's exceptional to me and is so healthy um, is is to see a similar thing from guys yep because we can look at statistics i don't want to get too numbery so i'll use <laughs> vague terms but um like men are two to three times more likely to become addicted to substances mm. alcohol various drugs mm. um, like suicide rates for men are so much higher wow. than they are for women why because men are told from the age of these films Nope, you're not going to have feelings. Nope, shut them down, boy. Yeah, so to see films showing good groups of friends where, (laughs) Chris, we're going to cry it out. (laughs) River Phoenix, you're going to cry with me. Oh, River Phoenix, too. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, that's so tough, Mm -hmm. you know, because of his his late passing was just, just child, just child actor, just snagged, just taken away, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, That is a great point. You hear that, Hollywood? Freaking do that. Show mental health right. Yeah. You know, not this. Yeah. You know, just show that it's okay for people to have emotions because how can you be a 12 year old kid, have your older brother pass away and not go through it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Go through absolute hell. Mm -hmm. You can't. And that's completely normal. Normalize having feelings. Yes, please normalize having feelings. I love the scenes where they do the flashback of the brother to just really show how just gutting it is for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it really, it, in a way, in a weird way, it's like you appreciate that they like, like let him suppress it for so long and then it all comes out and he mm-hmm. realizes he needs to. Like yeah. Stand By Me is definitely one of those movies that's a realization movie. They're all realize, they all realize something about themselves on this big journey mm-hmm. that they take. Um, which is crazy. It looks like they're walking forever. Oh, yeah. And um, a tiny thing that I saw that I loved. Uh-huh. There's the iconic shot for mid-90s that they use in, like, the trailers. I'm Oh, on the skateboard? Stuff. Yeah, that, on the skateboard I, in the middle of the highway. Me. Yeah. 
like in the middle of the highway. With that song too, mm-hmm. so good. And I watched that first and then watched Stand By Me and they have a similar shot of them walking down the railroad tracks. Oh. Like, oh, wow. Like facing, the camera is facing towards the railroad tracks and they're coming towards the camera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, two groups of boys on yeah, a journey, on both a journey. physically and emotionally. And emo- I'm all about it. <laughs> Someone collect my tears. <laughs> Gosh, it was very good. That is, I, I love that scene in mid nineties when I think it's when Ray takes him out. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just go skate, man. Let's just go. Yes. yes that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cause there's two of them. There's the first one where it's the group of guys. That's the older group of guys there mm-hmm. in the front. And then it's um, Stevie and, the other one that's going through it. Um, everyone is, everyone's having a hard time, but it's the two younger kids at the back right. is the first one. Mm-hmm. And then the second time that they show that scene, it's just Stevie and Ray mm-hmm. and Stevie's keeping up. And so it's almost like the growth that he's had. And he's so much more self-assured both on his skateboard and in his life. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I, I goosebumps. I mean, mm-hmm. whenever I see any kind of like, like the smile that Stevie has, just his very distinct smile. I think the actor Sonny, I don't want to butcher his last name because um, it's a little hard to pronounce, but he doesn't, he, it's really great because knowing that these kids are skaters and they're not actors, they did a great job of just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that they kind of just grew grew up around just being in skate videos and kind of just putting on a show already, just skating yeah. in general. And so for him to have a very genuine smile and reaction and just watching his giddiness uh, whenever he's like accepted into the group, mm-hmm. um, even though you kind of like know that like it's not necessarily really great for him because it's there's like some bad influence within it. He's learning a lot yeah. and maybe for what he wants to get into for that culture, these are the best people that he can be around. Ray is going to be the best person for him to be around within this culture. Even though there's, you know, drinking and girls at that young age and smoking and stuff, (laughs) Ray's like, you know, you do that stuff, but like, it's all about the skating, man. It's all Mm -hmm. about the trips. I want to see the world, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be cultured. Yes. And of the people that are shown to us, like no one's, better for Stevie mm-hmm. than him. Yeah. He's literally perfect. Yeah. His mom is like emotionally abusive, like either through the fact that at her, um, at Stevie's older brother's 18th birthday party, she starts out the scene with a guilt trip of, Oh, when I was 18 years old, I was breastfeeding you. You better have a good time type of thing. That's just a mom. That's just so out of touch with their kids. It's yeah, so such a sad like phrase there. Mm-hmm. And then either doesn't notice that the older brother's beaten him or right. turns a blind eye. Right. Neither's good. So honestly, if anyone, if anyone is good for Stevie, it's the person that says saying thank you doesn't make you gay. It makes <laughs> yeah. you a considerate person yeah. or whatever the line is, <laughs> but it just makes you considerate. It makes you a human being functioning in the world around you. Right. He's, Ray's better for him, even with the drinking and the that's, smoking. That's funny when you say like the whole, cause they like, I forgot that the, the word is just. Oh, thrown around a lot. And I mean, when I was in middle school, it was. Oh, that was. That was what you just called people. Incredibly feel, normal. And so normal. And I remember hearing it. Ugh. It's like, it's, it's a lot harsher. harsher than 
standard swearing. It's right. Like anyone saying it. There is a line of words that you're not supposed to say, like that's fuck. And then there's ones that make you pull your collar. Like yep. between the mid nineties and now it has rightfully crossed that sh- threshold. Mm-hmm. It was on the wrong side of that line. And yep. it is now on the correct side of that line. Where and it that it's something be. you don't say. Yep. You straight up don't say it. And so it was interesting because in a way, you know, Jonah Hill wrote this movie, directed this movie because he felt like he knew that era, the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he skated or not. I don't know, but you know, that's what it was. And it, it it's right. It's right to it's time. Just like stand by me is very correct. Uh, you know, with like the, oh, I love it when they like, Oh my God, the, the roll sli- in the cigarettes. Oh yeah. My, roll in the pack. Yep. My dad said he used to do that. And Whoa. I, th- I think, oh yeah, my dad, my dad and his older brother are essentially Chris and the oh, older brother on. that's in the gang. Hell yeah. So he's like, oh that's yeah, good. we'd do that. Like <laughs> I was time. smoking at that age. Yeah. That's crazy. My great grandmother, so, like she smoked for like, like 60 years. Like she started ooh. when she was 10 or something. She, she lived in the eighties to her eighties, black lung kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is just scary. <laughs> it makes me cough. <laughs> Rob Reiner is a shit too, though. That you know, you know, you familiar with Rob Reiner? No, please enlighten me and our I'm listeners. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow y'all's mind. Princess Bride. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> Come on, this We're dude did Princess Bride. Now. Harry Met Sally. Okay. I know. Yeah, Rob Reiner. He's just a classic storyteller. So a thing that I've noticed that Rob Reiner does is you have Princess Bride that is basically a character telling a story, right? Mm-hmm. And he himself, Rob Reiner, is telling a story in Stand By Me. And within yes. the story he's telling, he also, like, it, it's like a bit kind of meta. Like, he has another person telling a story within a story. Yeah. So, like, his movies are very story-driven. There's a progression to it. And what I'm talking about is the story at the campfire that, I was so excited about when it was done. <laughs> I forgot about that scene as a kid. That scene is the best. Okay. It is the sh- it gets me so excited because I was like, oh, like I literally felt like there's this breath of fresh air in me. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie, like I said, when I was super young and then watched it again later on. Like okay. I've seen it a few times. Right. But that was the only thing I remembered from Stand By Me. Was the lard ass <laughs> scene. <laughs> lard ass. And so there was a few years of my life where I thought that that was just a movie on its own. Oh my gosh. Because I had forgotten. Yeah. Like Where, I, where's the lard ass HBO series? Yes. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> um, that's hilarious that you really think of that because I also <laughs> do as well. Like that really stood out to me and- I describe it as a breath of fresh air. And then I just collectively say stand by me is because it's, I don't know, just the way Rob Reiner just really tells a story and then compare that to mid nineties and mid nineties is more of just like a collage, Mm -hmm. right? It's more of just like sequences, like, like beautiful sequences that pile together. There's not necessarily a timeline or even a plot at that. It's just kind of like, here's like a situation, a growth Mm -hmm. happening. There's, progression to it yes but it also is like pretty you know flat Mm -hmm. for the most part while stand by me is just is 
just a, a very plot heavy, just yep. true story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that I think is super interesting that I didn't think about until you mentioned like princess bride is someone telling a story in a story. Mm-hmm. Um, stand by me is someone telling a story in a story. Yeah. Fourth grade, the character. Yes. They watch the movie he's been making uh-huh. at the end. Yes. So technically speaking, oh, another parallel in or another similarity wow. is that there is a narrator within the story. Jonah Hill's just a big Rob Reiner fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Wait, that's awesome. I forgot about that. That's mm-hmm. like a key because then he shows the movie and it's called mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Like that's his film. Oh yeah. That, and he's so quiet the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a great character. That's yeah. crazy. It's, oh, I it's so good that. of Jonah Hill to just put himself in this movie as fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making a movie about youth when he grew up. Yeah. And, you he know. was definitely fourth grade. Absolutely. Another thing is the outsiders. Yes. Does it too. And basically in stand by me, the older brothers are just the outsiders. <laughs> Oh, yep. So it's just like the bleach blonde. Yes. The, like, the cigs, the knives. Yeah. Yeah. Only having less of a rough time of it than they are in the outsiders. But anywho. Right. Recurring theme of a narrator within the story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Narr- Ooh. Ooh, always get like, and that makes sense with, yeah, because we don't have like an actual physical person talking. Like a thing Rob Reiner uses a lot is this commentary. Like mm-hmm. this is someone speaking on it. And their experience of it, and they're walking you through it. Well, mid nineties is just like, boom, here you are. Mm-hmm. Here's what this kid's wanting to do. You're just kind of plopped in it. Yeah, I think a good example of that in Stand by Me is where he's running from the junkyard dog, and it's the voiceover, just like the, I think it's like a slow motion of the kid Will Wheaton, um, running, <laughs> um, just <laughs> running, and he's saying now. What he said was sickum boy, but what I heard was sick balls. Sick balls. (laughs) Like so the the narrator telling exactly what the character was thinking Mm -hmm. to us, the audience, in that situation. Very cool. Yeah, so that brings up a question of why do we have a common theme of narration within coming of age movies? What is what's the appeal in that, you know? I think it just adds to the relatability. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like here's the character and here's like them walking you through it. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe you went through this too. Mm -hmm. I think there's sometimes a bit of a separation between like film and I watch this art. But I think there is a certain amount of added relatability if there's a voiceover of someone holding our hand saying, yes, God, we both felt this, didn't Mm -hmm. we? Yes, we are the scrawny, nerdy kid. We Mm -hmm. will unite and cry together. Yeah, I think it really just holds your hand and pulls you into like feeling those feelings with them. Mm -hmm. Because, gosh, when you're a kid, you feel it all so hard. Mm -hmm. You do. And you like like hearing, I think in movies, we like it being explained to us. Like we like to hear, oh my gosh, that's the character that went through it. Or, oh, that's the character that went through it after the fact like he like Mm. this is them 40 years later and they've experienced it now we're going to hear their perspective like as a movie uh Mm -hmm. watcher i would say like like that like an average movie watcher would probably like love receiving that knowledge in the sense of oh this is it's almost like a bit of a behind the scenes like oh we get to like hear their perspective years later from it. Like we watch the film and it happening and hearing their narration. Like this person is this many years removed from it. So here all of a sudden we get to see how they're processing it, their mm-hmm. thoughts, what they feel like they did right or wrong. Funny moments that they, that are key to them. 
So it's very personalized whenever there's a narration on it. it it's always just a smash hit. It's just great, yeah. you know, like the classic, like, you might be wondering how I got here. That's more <laughs> like terrible, like cartoon yeah. films. But it, it's kind of like that where it's just mm-hmm. like, so here we are. Yeah, it's it's putting kind of a filter on these key moments of someone's coming of age story mm-hmm. with the benefit of the processing they've done or with right. the benefit of the knowledge that they have now. Yeah. We can see the difference in like what they perceived at the time versus how in hindsight, the dog said the junkyard man said, sick em, boy. Yeah. Like in hindsight, we know that. Right. But the perception at the time was different. Mm-hmm. And so it hit different. Yes. Without that, we wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they explained it and you also get to see, I think it's really nice and stand by me. Um, Cause we don't, really get we don't get any narration in mid 90s so you, you you're just kind of dropping this story and then you're 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 done you know but with mm-hmm. stand by me you have closure like legitimate closure which is like i think good and bad within movies because i think some movies want to automatically just have closure but stand by me gets to have closure like it earns the yeah. right to with how the story is told so you know will wheaton's character gordy he is able to close it up for everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, he's able to wrap it all up on a bow and like explain where everyone is now. And like, he's writing it, which means, Oh, he did it. He won. Yeah. The scrawny kid won. And he's, yeah. and he's writing. Yes. Like, he didn't give up on no. the things that he wanted. And now he has, he has kids who have friends who get into shenanigans now. Exactly. And so it goes on, but it gets to be a better situation than his situation with his father it's all around it's really it's really just like perfect storytelling i think it's what as i think people love stand by me for just like the perfect bow that it wraps up on the whole thing as a as just a collective film the way stand by me just begins and ends is just so great mm-hmm. mid 90s it leaves you with something like you're just kind of like it, it cuts you off and and that's it ends in a way that I wouldn't want it to end in any other way. You know, it's perfect for what the movie is, but it really does just like put you at the end of the cliff and then you're done. Yeah. And I think that they're both very unique, but both very effective forms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. In Stand By Me, there is a sense of like, there is this perfect closure and it's like a picture perfect thing that is great to watch. And you see, oh, there's the bow cool right um but you get a little bit more realism in mid 90s in that yeah he's gonna keep needing to process this but he has moved forward like his older brother when he was in the hospital gave him the little jug of juice so they each had a little jug of juice instead of the big one in the fridge that the older brother always drank out of Mm -hmm. so it's that moving forward of the older brother could see stevie as a person when I think it started when Stevie said, yeah, fuck mom. (laughs) When they were playing video games, you saw this thing on Stevie's older brother's face of like, maybe he's a person. And then mistreating him later, him just bawling because there's the realization. Now this is my brother and they're a person. And then the solidifying as much of a bow as (laughs) mid nineties will do Mm -hmm. of the, I have replaced the large jug of orange juice with a small one for each of us. Mm. 
So it's this thing of like realistic small bows versus a less realistic large bow. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the large bows, they happen in different waves. Like, like mm-hmm. you can't just, you have to have small, you have to have small, like almost rewards within a coming of age movie. Not just like big thing, big thing, big thing, or it just becomes too much to chew. And mm-hmm. each of these movies is is simply just like small little glimpses, especially with mid nineties. It's mm-hmm. just little victory, little victory, little victory, little victory. That bit, and then that's in in reality, that's life. That's life. <laughs> that's literally what builds you up. Like, do mm-hmm. you do you feel when you're watching like mid nineties? What are like some key things that you like really relate to? Would you say within Stevie? I would say because he's like he's our protagonist. You know, he's like the character. Like, what are things that really got you besides the orange juice? You seem pretty passionate about the. <laughs> about the juice. I was, I was, because like, oh, that was one of my weepy moments. It was like, that's the orange juice that he drinks on his own, but he got his one. And oh my gosh. They're seen more as I equals. love Sunny D. <laughs> yeah, what were some moments that, like besides that that really just kind of drew you? I'd say the thing that I related to probably the most was the idea of a younger person being friends with an older group because we grew up like I grew up homeschooled but my sister had friends Hmm. and my sister's six years older than me and so whenever I could I would hang out with her and her friends yep and so it's just being almost the token kid Hmm. in a group of people who are yes going through going through their own stuff but are very much so notably older than me yep (laughs) in the sense of like Oh, cigarettes? Yeah. What is happening? Oh my gosh. Type of a situation. Or they're just in a different stage of life. Yeah. And it kind of drags you up into that stage of life a little bit more. Right. Like you don't necessarily have to relate with the specific stage of life that mid-90s is portraying. But in some manner, you can take what you experience, like you said, and you know, the, mm-hmm. but like maybe in that sense, the smoking was another thing for you. Yeah. Was watching um, yeah. <laughs> like movies that I really shouldn't have been watching. Nice. There we go. Like, like I've seen, I saw boobs in a film way earlier than I think <laughs> anyone should probably see boobs in a film <laughs> because I was just friends with kids that were way older. Oh, wow. What's that? Like, wow. Okay. okay. That's a lot cool. of titties. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So for me, it was more like that type of thing instead of specifically drugs or alcohol. Right. But it is kind of a shocking, jolting thing where you can see there's a few situations where Sonny just wants to be older. Yes. And so like, like, oh, have you ever, the girl asking, have you ever had sex before? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like last summer. Yeah. So obviously, so clearly lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's lying. He's lying throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to, but that's like there's some kind of like endearing moment in that where it's just like we've all done that. Like, yeah. oh, I've done this before. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Like maybe like I definitely did not grow up in that sense. What he experienced and all those things. Very, very different. Yep. But to some degree, you know, like we said, it's just in different waves, you know, yep. oh, like, oh yeah, I, I've done that before. Like something to do with like bikes or something or like what books I've read or like, yeah. have you, like I've read these, I've read all the Hardy boys. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Hi, me too. Oh. Me too. Yeah. Um, and we see, gosh, we see it in stand by me 
where Chris has the gun and he gives it to Gordy and Gordy's like pointing it and he's like, you got to do this. And Gordy's like, I know. <laughs> does he act? Do you think he actually knows or does he not know? I don't think he knows. I was kind of convinced that he, kn- that he knew. I think he was full of shit. Oh, I don't really? think, I don't think Gordy's ever held a gun before in his Th- life. That's some damn good child acting. man. <laughs> if I'll tell you the truth. But that's the subtext that I got from that is that he was a kid trying to be cool for this kid who yep. has lived more life and seems older. Yep. Yep. Especially with a gun too. Like you kind of want to know what you're doing. It, I think with the serious subjects too, you know, with like sex and alcohol and like cigarettes and drugs or whatever, it's just like, yeah, I've done that. Like it makes you look cool mm-hmm. within the context of like the mm-hmm. film. So it's like, oh yeah, I've used a gun. I've used a gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But- I have the rush. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As an adult watching it, we're like, gosh, you're such a lame yeah, little kid. Shut up. Yeah. We were all that lame little kid pretending to be older than we were. Yep. And you kind of just like, like are not rooting for him. You're just like, come on, just tell the truth. It's not going to hurt you. Like it's like one word. No, like that's it. Nope. But I'm excited to be a part of it. (laughs) Could you imagine if he said that? (laughs) Have you ever had sex sex? before? Nope. Nope, But I really can't wait to be a part of this. (laughs) It's really an experience. Gee willikers that I'd be happy to do. You know, I haven't experienced it quite yet, but I've been reading a lot about it and I really can't wait to dive into it. He just starts (laughs) That's more like Stand By Me, I feel like, with like the 1950s. <laughs> there are a lot of ensemble coming-of-age stories. Like, you have these two films, things like Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I... Sixteen Candles. Oh, yeah. Why? Goonies. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> You know, Good, because I could I could really only name. Okay, so some other ones are. <laughs> I could really only name those ones. I'm so not many, a film too many. buff, but I know that they're a recurring theme. Um, why? Why do we think that is? I have an opinion. Give it to me. <laughs> I think it's because you're bound to see yourself in one of these characters. Oh, whoa! Yes. Oh my gosh! I, any of them? Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about like which character on Friends are you? Oh, Everyone's a mix yeah. of two, right? Because that's how life works. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so like the parental pressures, because it seems like fuck shit has rich parents that put a lot of pressure on him. And so he rebels in one direction. Hmm. So too much parental pressure, the loss of someone close in your family, your family either being neglectful or hurtful in emotional or physical ways. Like you'll see whatever you're feeling in one of these characters. Right. And I think that that's something really powerful while we do have a main character, you're still part of the group mm-hmm. that goes on the journey, whether it be mentally or physically across the railroad tracks. Yep. Um, you're in the group with them. Mm. And you can relate to any of them. So that's why they have all these characters. So people are like, oh, I'm that person. Well, I'm that person. That was a big thing with the movie It that came out. Um, mm. The more recent. I did recent. not see it. It's scary. And that. Yes. Is a Saw lot. it with your husband. Oh, you, oh I yeah, did. you did. That's did. adorable. Guys being friends. Yeah, <laughs> it was adorable. It was adorable. Um, and yeah, that was another movie that, you know, filmed like now movie, now like modern movie or modern time. With, set in a different, set, different period. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. Um, 
and very distinct characters, all with different personalities. And a lot mm-hmm. of people after the movie related to it. For some mm-hmm. reason, that pops up because that's just like a more recent one that I'm thinking of. But people have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's an algorithm to it because studios know that people love to relate. Like we've been saying this whole time, people love coming of age movies because they relate to it. Mm-hmm. People love the movie The Age of 17 because there are 17 year olds that are going through it or there are people that, Actually, there's probably more people that are <laughs> past age 17 and look at it and they're like, whoa. Gosh. Because that's the time when you feel all of these emotions so strongly, it's tough to feel any strong emotion and not have some kind of tie to the time that you felt it stronger. Yes. <laughs> like all of these hormones are rushing through your body and so you're feeling sadness as anguish. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's like almost Why me? <laughs> yeah. It's like this emotional memory where we can all connect to that. Yes. Like from 17 on, we get it. Right, teen angst, we understand. Mm-hmm. And while this isn't directly teen angst, mm-hmm. it, it's still like growing like there's obviously some angst within Yeah. you know, the movie. Like I think we see the most angst in Sunny a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think more more just like with his mom, I think. Yeah, I see teen angst as having a lot of deep feelings about stuff that's not ultra consequential. Huh. Like, oh, she'll never love me. Oh, gotcha. Oh, oh the anguish. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And so I agree that this isn't the overarching themes aren't teen angst. Yeah, but there's definitely not. Glimmers. Yes, there's, very little quick. There's glimmers think, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some glimmers. I think sometimes it's hard with the ensemble cast when it's like it's not real enough you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's too i don't think there's a really i mean i think too i prefer i like it when it's too real like it is very real i enjoy that aspect of film um very much so which is why i like mid 90s because it just feels like a bunch of kids in front of a camera and no yeah. actors you know and like the genre of um i think it's mumblecore it's yes. like the really realistic dialogue. Yes. It's um, great. And I, oh, yes. When I first saw this hits, yeah. in theaters, I couldn't oh. understand a damn word they were saying. Because <laughs> so it, it was wasn't gr- performatively yes. scripted. Exactly. And I didn't have subtitles because I'm a big subtitles guy. Ooh. I don't know if you are. I really like subtitles. Studies are coming out that children become better readers if you put the subtitles on because they will read some of it. Yeah. Well, nice. My reading scores must be through the roof then (laughs) because I've been reading subtitles for like two years and it, it radically changes it for me because I've, I've learned to watch both. Like I like, you know, kind of separate it, which is what you're supposed to do. So when I see a movie in theaters, um, it's harder. It's like, Oh, Hey, mm-hmm. mister, can you turn the subtitles on? <laughs> um, keep a script in front of me with a little book light? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think a reason that we see some ensemble movies try so hard to just like really get it is that it's a repeated, it, 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 it just comes with how personal the experience is and how relatable it is. And if you're just trying to make a summer kids unite movie, but it's like surrounded by, by too mystical of a theme or too superhero of a theme. But like people just love just kids being kids, man. Like mm-hmm. they, I think people really eat that up. But when it's very obvious that you're trying to also throw in like a, a crime thing with it or like, or like a heist-esque thing with it or, you know, 
uh, I kind of think of like Robert Rodriguez films, uh, who is Spy Kids. <laughs> mm, yep, <laughs> um, and, yep. all, and he's got a recent Netflix movie out where it's like a kid ensemble movie and it's amazing for kids, but it's just like terrible for like, a, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of movies. Pixar is a good example. Like it's meant like kids watch it, but like it's also genius oh. as hell. You know what I mean? Ooh. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Some people try to like, replicate that and you just can't nail it man you just got you got to make that thing r say all the f words get the real rawness in there and we're good quit yeah. making all these gpg ensemble <laughs> films this is my 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 roar you know like just you know i, don't know. I think, you think i think the reason that maybe now when we're above the age of like kid films the uh-huh. reason we don't want as many gimmicks in there is because that's not what we're in it for. Yeah. We like spy kids had the, I, I still love spy kids. I shouldn't. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely nostalgic. Primo. Shark boy, lava girl. Yeah. Same like, director. Ooh. I know. Like we don't want now that we're adults, the thing that like makes us feel good. Isn't the idea of being a spy. It's the idea of reveling in, to use the phrase again, the tenacity of youth. Yes. I love you said that twice now. And yes. I just when I think I, of it, I just get tense. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Because it is there is that thing about kids of the falling down, getting up, falling down, getting mm-hmm. up, and like pushing through the oh, we're in leeches now, but we're yeah. gonna keep going. Right. Um, these types of things that kind of fades mm-hmm. as we get older. And so to watch these films, the perk for us is to be like, oh, God, yes, I feel that now. Yes. you In mid-90s, man, you take the hardest hits. You know, yeah. you take the hardest hits. And then it's just like the, you don't always have to do that. Like the realism oh. with it is just like, like you're going so hard, you're going so hard, you're you're pushing yourself to your to your core. And then someone's here to say, you don't always have to do that, man. That That's a, I love that. Like Ooh. that scene where Ray's just like, you're good, man. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you take, like you're good. You're good at that. But you don't have to always do that. If you do, then you'll die. You'll get hurt. Yeah, you'll get Real really bad. hurt, especially within skating. It's just like be careful. Like have you know have very humble beginnings. Have easy. Mm-hmm. Be- stay in your in like when he gets his first ollie and he just loses his mind. Yes. so good. Gosh. So much joy. Yes, unbridled. When you're practicing at something, that's a, a kind of the tie back into that topic of like things that you relate to, like when you just are practicing so hard at something and you really feel like it's clicking, whether it's like create, like it's like something creative and not even just like today, like I experienced stuff like that where I'm like working hard at something or even like within podcasting and like, like, oh, that episode was great or something like that. And like, you're really working hard. And then as a kid, it's just like, oh my gosh, I built this Lego this fast. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and like same with him in skating. It's you're capable of feeling this joy in every fiber of your being but there's the flip side of you're able to feel this joy in every fiber of your being Mm -hmm. and you're able to feel that sadness in every fiber of your being and that's why we as adults absolutely eat this shit up yes because we know (laughs) it you can't show a movie like this to a kid nor should you show this to a kid another like similar movie that stand by me yeah stand by me yes not mid-90s no way yeah i'd I'd, it's like mid-90s is i think not really kid friendly or like early teens, early teens friendly. Like it's I'd more adult f- 
it's more adult friendly because of the drug use and like the like like very forward explicit uh, sexual content. I think just like flat out there, like it's just like so, like implied, just like saying stuff because your kids just saying stuff, like asking mm-hmm. questions because these kids are just asking questions. And mid nineties has the more adult factor because it literally these kids are just experiencing very adult things at such a young age, just cause, just cause that's what they're used to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stand by me. They're just asking about it cause they're curious. Yeah. You know, cause they just heard about it from an older brother or something like, do yeah. you know what this is? You know, yeah. stuff like that. And, and they're all smoking. Yeah. Smoking was good for you back then. Oh, so. great. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it like made your lungs stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Immuni- <laughs> immunity. Yes. So even things like that weren't as bad. It's funny when you talk about, oh, I'm an adult and I eat this shit up. I think of the movie <laughs> Eighth Grade, which we almost picked as well, mm-hmm. um, which I think would have gone great here. But um, these two definitely paired amazing. Eighth Grade is just, especially for, for the ladies out there that were at once Eighth Grade girls. I'm oh, sure yes. they were just, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I, it's on theaters my dad. We both were, I was like, that was amazing. But my dad was oh. like, oh, God, that. Jeez, because mm-hmm. he's a he was a middle school he was teaching middle school at the time he teaches oh. high school now but he so he was like he was I think he was fresh out of his second year of teaching middle school mm-hmm. he was like oh damn <laughs> god even the cool kids in eighth grade are so, so lame gross. yes they're so lame <laughs> yeah they're, which is awesome that yeah. they show that and so um they mentioned the adults in the film mentioned that like, gosh, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to be cool someday. And that character will be because she just has interests. Right. She's like, I want to know about this. I want to try this. This is my goal. Right. And it's I'm going to do it unapologetically. Ooh, that grows into some good adults. Yes. that I think that's like a movie that does a good job of really bringing in the like, yeah, you can't show it to a kid. Um, but oh, I will, would. Maybe yeah. I... <laughs> I tried to show it to my sister who was in like, I think freshman or sophomore year at the time. My dad was like, no, you can't do that. It's like, oh, wow. Interesting. Like, I, I, I don't think I could do that with either, but I could with Stand By Me. That's the thing. I watched Stand By Me when I was in sixth grade, mm-hmm. you know? So it's interesting. Do you think that there's a thing about time? And so because it was set, made in the eighties uh-huh. and set in the fifties, we feel a certain amount of detachment Ooh, from the story. So it yes. can be seen more as a story instead of realistic in the way that it hits us. Do you think, do you I think, think so? I think so. I think so. Cause the <laughs> culture is different. Wow. Do you see my brain just unfolding right now? <laughs> Ajo, thank you for coming in, talking about some coming of age, some, some teen feels. It's Good to just talk about yeah. films in depth. I don't do that as much as I should. Yeah. Well, yeah, this I do it fun. quite a bit. So <laughs> if you ever want to come on here again, you're more than welcome. Heck yeah. I do it so much. Um, so since we've been so immersed in these movies, we know the ins and outs of them and comparing them. So if you were the protagonist in a coming of age movie, what lesson would you want to learn? I think because I was the kid that was like, I was the bookish kid and I was the, I was weird, but I was bookish Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I liked math and science. So everyone was like, you're going to be a doctor and you're going to cure cancer and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. Um, I think that I would want my protagonist to learn that being happy is a worthwhile goal. Mm -hmm. You don't have to cure cancer to be a success. Just grow to be happy. 
Mm. and to be kind to the people around you. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> what about you? Um, I just shared gosh. my soul. Jeez. Your no, turn. I got to share my soul. Um, I think for me as a kid, I, I was very prone to wanting to be cool and not accepting my different background and strange parents and... <laughs> Cause I went to just like very, Same. I went to a couple of very like kind of cookie cutter schools and my parents were just such oddballs that I just admired and always have and still do, you know, mm-hmm. just for their just outlandish qualities and just like just out there personality. And I think I've always fit that for my parents. Cause you know, you, when you're a kid, you just get, so you're with them all the time and you mm-hmm. want to be like your parents or like for some people, you know, they're like, mine were like my heroes. And so I, I wish I, I absorbed that more honestly and i i didn't focus on wanting to just like impress the cool kids kind of the jock ass yeah. kids that were just total <laughs> a-holes you know playing lacrosse and mm-hmm. and shit you know i don't i don't need that i can wear my golf caps and popped collared shirts all i want <laughs> and keep doing it man yeah that's what, i think that's what i would encourage him to say mm-hmm. you didn't peak in high school Gosh, that's one of the best compliments yeah. that anyone can receive. <laughs> it really warms my heart. <laughs> Once again, I'm Bear Boswell, and thank you so much for checking out this podcast. You can support us by subscribing to us on your chosen podcast player. We put this podcast out for free every two weeks. So if you want to give back, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Five stars would be great. And if you want to suggest a film, a topic, or just express your thoughts to me, get in touch via email at defilmpod at gmail.com. If you want to check us out on Twitter and also join the conversation over there, you can check us out at defilmpod.